0: Why don't we rent a video tonight? It's Wick. It's the movie seller. We got a VHS collection. An internet connection. And uninformed opinions. So here's my opinion. Hey yo, Chris can't swim. Dan's a little creepy. He's likely to talk shit about your pee Cutting logs on fire like a tiki Damn George, you motherfucking reekin' How much you smoke, how many edibles you eat, man? What you sleep, it's incredible you can speak You're on the phone with the devil's letters preach Chris at your home, expecting all the leaks I'll lead the army, gods of the show forever Come with a stack of better the same about the tether the same. That fucking clever is just a few fellas picking up from the letter. Shout out to donation not Shout out to bucket Trevor. Thank you for the donations. to path is next level. We sell it from the good fellas and telling Keller to Helen. You pick up the movie seller. Welcome to the movie seller where we have a VHS collection, an internet connection. Uninformed Opinions And we are brought to you by The Gods of the Show Crypto Keepers I'm Overlord Dan And this is a bonus episode So, welcome Um, I just wanted to throw this out there really quick I don't want to interrupt our wonderful Cagemas series, I hope you're all enjoying that And if you haven't given it a listen yet uh, Please do it Do it now Or maybe do it like in a few minutes when I'm done with this But anyway I had a really cool opportunity this Saturday That I wanted to share with you guys Because I think it's pretty interesting And maybe you'll find it interesting If you know me You know that I am a little bit Of a fan Of Mr. George A. Romero Um I a couple I guess I don't know a year and a half ago Did a really deep dive series Into um his, his life Like a mini bio Um Three part series, and uh, you know, I really tried to research that and, and give a full picture of, of the life and, and work and legacy of, of George Romero. So, we've covered Night of the Living Dead on the show, we've covered Dawn of the Dead on the show, we've covered The Amusement Park on the show. And um, if you know The Amusement Park, you know that that was a um, lost film, it was a movie that Romero did. Um, in the early 70s and it kind of got pushed off to the side and, and never released and then it was compiled and put back together and um, it was given, uh, Shutter was given rights to release it and so they did and we watched it and it was a really, really great, really unsettling uh, really Ramiro-esque type of film and so I kind of thought that was the end of it as far as Lost Romero films until I was perusing through Instagram uh, the other day and I saw that the George A. Romero Foundation was getting ready to screen a never-before-seen exclusive Lost film that Romero had done. And uh, I was kind of blown away by this, because I didn't realize that that was even something that was in the works. And so I did a little bit more digging, and I found out, um, basically, there was an awards ceremony that they hold. This is the third year that they've held it. Um, It's called the Visionary Awards. And it's an award that they give every year to somebody who has done something to sort of change cinema or horror you know, along the lines of like what Mr. Romero himself had done. And so during that ceremony, they were going to be presenting this film. Um I was fortunate enough to be given the opportunity to attend this award ceremony virtually. But um yeah, I got an invite and Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit About what happened at the award ceremony And talk a little bit about this film called Elegy So, the ceremony um, was on Saturday evening And it was kind of like emceed by Suzanne Romero Who is uh, George's widow And she... Gave the award this year to a gentleman named Richard J. Ritchie. And if you go back and listen to the Romero content that I talked about earlier, um, Richard Ritchie was a huge part of Romero's early days. Uh, he was a founding member of the Latent Image, which was the group that um, kind of started the ball rolling with Night of the Living Dead and they did a bunch of like commercials and, and you know any any kind of any kind of stuff that would you know earn them some cash so that was the group that did the Mr. Rogers content and you know they made a bunch of stuff for like you know safety in the workplace type videos and that was the really early days for Romero and it was a very formative time for who he would become as a filmmaker um, and Richie was part of it from the very beginning. Uh, Richie and Ramiro um, were friends going back to the late '50s. Um, they both were in school in Pittsburgh. Um, they got connected through a mutual friend, and they just their love of cinema. And apparently, I found out during this award ceremony, their love of Italian food. Uh, really helped to solidify their friendship and relationship that would last for the rest of their lives. Um, so in 1962, uh, they worked together on their first project, uh, and that was this film, Elegy. So this is a this is not only just a lost film. This is a lost film that was that predates Night of the Living Dead. It's like the first thing that they ever really did seriously. Now, you know that Ramiro had done stuff even back as like a kid um, growing up in New York. We talked about that also in the Ramiro series. Um, but this was kind of the first time he really sort of sat down and tried to put something together with a team, uh, something serious. So Elegy was supposed to be one short film in a group of, of short films. Um, and un- But it... I was going to say, unfortunately, none of the other ones ever got made, but none of the other ones ever got made because they started doing Night of the Living Dead. So I would say that that's not unfortunate, that that was a good thing to divert their attention to, but Elegy was filmed and then never released because it was only a 20-minute film that was supposed to be part of a larger project. Um, and apparently, this film was kind of just like there were bits and pieces of it here and there It had never really been edited together And there was no sound to it Um, So it just sat on the shelf And eventually 50-ish plus years later um, After Romero had passed away Richie decided to try to do something with it And so he went back to Talk with some of the guys from the old crew The, the Striner brothers Gary and Russ Striner, uh, Went and talked with Suzanne Romero And talked with a bunch of other people In that group and said hey I want To do this project what do you guys think And they were all for it they, they fully were like Yes let's make this happen So they, they got all the pieces And then started kind of Putting them together now Richie was one of the Only people who actually knew What Elegy was supposed to be like. And be about. Because him and Ramiro had done the project together. And Ramiro was gone. And none of these other people were really involved in it. So. um, Richie has this raw footage. With no audio. And wants to capture what the two of them were thinking about. When they started this project over 50 years ago. That's a pretty big task to undertake. So. What Richie decided to do was To edit the footage together To add some Accompaniment music to it And to Narrate it With a poem That he wrote That would capture And narrate the story That you were seeing on film And so He worked on that And you know Got some tips and notes from Suzanne and the Striner brothers and everybody else, and you know worked on it and edited it and, and tweaked it here and there, and just kept kind of tinkering with it to get it exactly right to really capture not just the story but the emotional aspect of the film. So this is not a horror movie. This is um, this is something much more personal and much more uh, feeling. So. Uh yeah, he worked on that for a long time and then he got it exactly the way he wanted it and then they brought in um Terry Alexander who uh played John in Day of the Dead um and he read it and he uh did the narration and it's just absolutely amazing. Um so essentially the story of Elegy is this boy um he's young and he's talking about how safe and secure he feels uh, with his father around and they show his father and the two of them playing together. Um, they, they live um, they're you know they're African Americans. they live you know in the inner city. The city looks really rough. It's, it's in color this film, not in black and white, but the city looks really rough. The neighborhood looks you know pretty run down. Um, but the kid he doesn't feel any of that. He just feels safe and secure with his father. And he compares his father to a lion. And this is a theme that runs throughout the whole story. Is, you know, sort of animals as metaphors. And so his father is the lion, you know. And um, and as long as the cub has his father lying around, he's safe. And so they go to bed. And then um, the hunters come. You know, and, and we don't really know exactly, you know, what the nature of any of this is. And I think that that really helps us to feel the way that the kid felt, which is... Everything seems fine, and then the dad is just gone, which is probably, you know, the kid didn't know anything about why or what happened, but, you know, the father sees these guys coming to the house, and he runs out the back and, you know, protect, protecting his son by getting them to chase him away from the house, and then eventually he's gunned down by these two men. Uh, one of these two men, by the way, is played by Ricci himself um and so then the boy grows up time passes you don't you don't see this part but the boy comes back he's been gone and he comes back to to the neighborhood where he grew up now he's got a bag i can't tell if it's like a military issue bag but if it is i i think that that would make sense you know that he went off to the military or whatever but i don't i don't really know he's just been gone and he comes back and he's got a big duffel bag with him and you know some of the people from where he grew up—they're all there to greet him. They're all happy to see him, and he's dealing with a lot of stuff. You know, dealing with his fears and his trust issues and the ghosts of the past. You know, uh, another great metaphor in the in the movie that starts from the beginning that runs throughout is that he sees his father smoking a cigarette, and the and the and the smoke from the cigarette is like ghosts. You know, um, he says that at the very beginning. So whenever you see someone smoking and whenever the focus is on that, the wisps of smoke, you're thinking like, okay, he's being reminded of these ghosts or these ghosts are some, you know, his father's memory is something that he's dealing with right now. So he. um, Time passes and he there's these two women that both, you know, both kind of get his attention or he gets both of their attention. And one of these women is very soft and and kind and gentle. And, um, you know, he's afraid, he's afraid of that relationship because he's afraid of being, of being vulnerable. And he's afraid of, you know, not being able to protect her and, and letting those guards down and, and not being able to, you know, take care of her. Um, and then there's another woman who is much, you know, so this first woman is considered like a doe, like a deer, you know, um, gentle and like easily spooked. And then the other woman is um, like a, I think he compares her to like a bird who's like flying around and, and um, you know, much more like out there and having a good time and, you know, ready to, to party. And, and he's like not sure that he can fly with her. He wants to, but he's not sure that he can. Um, because that's not really who he is. Um, and he's afraid that if he flies too high, that he might crash. And so he's trying to, you know have this he has this inner tur- turmoil between the two women. Um, and I think that that's really, again, like a metaphor of him trying to deal with who he wants to be. Does he want to, you know, make these choices to be reckless? and distract himself from the things that he's afraid of, or does he want to, or is he willing to overcome his fear to be vulnerable? And so ultimately he decides that the risk is worth the reward and that he wants to, um, that he wants to be with the woman who is gentle and caring and who, uh, he can be vulnerable with. And so that's kind of the whole story. Um, And it's really, really profound. And I think to add to the depth of it, you have to understand that Ramiro and Richie were just boys when they started making this film. They were in their early twenties, definitely younger than me, closer to my kids' age than they were to my age. Um, And then fifty plus years later, Richie goes back to it, and now he's a man who's lived an entire life. You know, he's in his seventies. And he's going back to this project that he started as just a kid, and he has so much life experience to draw from and so much like understanding of the complexity of all of those feelings and fears and loss and love and all that that he can now you know show this this footage, and then he can add so much more depth to it and perspective to it through the narration um, and and Terry Alexander's voice. Throughout it is just it's perfect. It's just I can't really express how perfect it is for the environment and for the characters um, and for the story. Um, the film itself, and I don't know if this is because of that's that's the way the footage was or if it was something they did on purpose. It feels like a silent film, which makes sense because it really is a silent film um, with narration and, and and music added over it. Um, but it feels like a silent film in that it's the mo- the motion a lot of times is like real jerky, like maybe there's not a lot of frames per second or whatever to get technical on it, but um, it works really well. And there and there's also sort of like a I don't know you call that like a vignette around the frame so that it looks a little bit like there's like a little bit of a black outline of the frame. Um, it definitely has that feel to it, like an old silent film. Um, and so. All of that just gives you this great, like, it evokes this great, like, real powerful emotion um, and empathy for, for these characters, particularly the boy that the story is about. Um, yeah, I was just absolutely ecstatic to be able to, to see this. And I don't know when or if this will be released to the public. I assume it will be at some point, similar to how they eventually released the amusement park. Um, Because it was the George A. Romero Foundation who also put together the amusement park. So I'm guessing that um, they've shown this now at this award ceremony. They have to continue to, like, get the necessary rights for, like, the music and everything. Um, And I'm guessing at that point they'll try to see, you know, if somebody wants to pick it up. I hope Shudder does. I know it's not really a horror film, but because it's something Romero made, maybe they'll pick it up. I know that the amusement park was, like, one of their top-ranked... Um, streams this past year So that really sets a pretty good precedent That people want to see this stuff um, So I guess the only other thing I'd say um, You know, after sharing this Is that the George A. Romero Foundation Is a, um, you know, they're a nonprofit, and And they, they can use all the help and donations they can get They have a lot of really cool merch that you can buy That helps them they also have a Patreon that you can check out. Um, and I think it's like the lowest tier is like five bucks a month uh, and you get a lot of cool exclusive stuff through that. Um, and then you can also just do flat donations just on their page. Uh, you can follow them. I want to say their, their Instagram is just Garf G A R F. Uh, is it Garf official? Let me look it up. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Garf Official, so the G A R F Official, um, that's on both Instagram and Twitter. So you can check them out there, um, and then their website is George a. Foundation.org. Um So if you you know are a big fan of Romero, uh, if you're interested in in learning more about him or helping to get more of this kind of content out. Of his then um, yeah check them out They're very interesting Uh, They got a lot of cool stuff They got a Knight Rider shirt that I ordered I'm pretty stoked about getting that Love that movie Um, But yeah it's run by his widow So you know it's like it's all very Legit on the up and up Um, And anyway I just wanted to Share with you guys and I thought I could Like maybe drop this into our next episode But I was worried that it would kind of be a little Distracting from the actual Miss episode that we've got ready for you guys Also, you know, the next movie we're doing in Miss is a pretty fun and goofy movie So I didn't think that this kind of conversation really fit in well with that So I figured uh, we'd just drop this as a little bonus Plus, gets me some extra listens, right? And that's what it's all about at the end of the day um, I hope you guys are all having a great December, great holiday season uh, watching some cool, some cool movies and uh, having some good times with your families. Um, we'll be back with we got two more installments of Cagemas for you guys to end the year on, and then uh, we got a new season coming up next year. I think I'm not sure what we're gonna do for January. I'm not. We want to wait until we really have our ducks in a row to start season three, so that we can you know put out a good solid series for you guys. Um, but yeah, we got a bunch of cool stuff coming up. So. Um, You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're at The Movie Seller on all those. You can email us at themovieseller at gmail.com. Spotify now allows you to rate shows. So go on there and uh, tell us what you think of us. Good, bad, or ugly. Um, And you can also check out our Linktree. It's Linktree slash The Movie Seller. I'm sorry, Linktr.ee slash The Movie Seller. Um, And from there, you can find all the places that you can listen to us, hit us uh, hit us up on the socials, and also you can donate to our VHS for T1D campaign to uh, help us help the JDRF find a cure for type 1 diabetes. Um, current king of the series there is uh, the one and only Jack Thorne, and the current god of the show is, uh, like I said at the beginning, the Crypto Keepers. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys are having a great week, and we'll see you in a few days. Bye!